Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Hello, Peter. What's going on? Hi, Eric. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Good. I know that we are, uh, the listening audience is hearing this in, uh, I think, January, right? We're going to be publishing this in January. Yeah, January, February. Yeah, I right think on. so. But we're actually recording it just before Christmas. And uh, so Merry Christmas to you and a little belated Merry Christmas to all the listeners out there. You as well. Uh, I know that this topic today is something that you've been pretty excited to talk about for a while. I, I am. This is the, the season for giving. So I'm, uh, I've been thinking about gifting <laughs> to, uh -huh. to yeah. family members and all. That I am excited about this topic. Because this is, like I said, this is just a little bit before Christmas, and it's a few days after Hanukkah celebration, and there's all sorts of celebrations from all different religions and different people, sects, and, but I think really the theme around this time for everyone is, is giving to others, whether it's time, whether it's resources, whether it's surprises, whatever it is, I think that people kind of get in that holiday spirit, no matter what holiday they're celebrating. Absolutely. Best time of year for that. Yeah, Absolutely. And like we said earlier, Peter, that this, this isn't going to be published until 2021. Your topic today is giving to create a legacy. Tell me more about that because I love the title. I love, well, I just love the word legacy, to be honest with you. There's a lot there, a lot mm -hmm. to unravel with that term. My rationale for, for talking about it in, in, the, in the calendar, early in the calendar year, is mostly because I don't want to confuse holiday giving, which is certainly important and, and loving. And I don't want to confuse that with legacy gifts, which can be life altering to our legacy. Legacy gifts are typically bigger. Because of that, I think they deserve a larger conversation and they, have, they should have year round ramifications. Okay. So then l let me ask you what your description or what your definition of legacy is in this, in this context. Before I give you my definition of legacy, just a brief kind of review of, of what we do, which is, which is comprehensive planning. And I'm going to describe the three stages of, of planning that, that we typically see. Mm -hmm. The first stage is financial dependence. And that's when we're basically accumulating assets. You know, we start working in our, typically in our early 20s, we're reliant on that earned income for a long time. Then at some point, could be 50s, 60s, or 70s, hopefully we've done well in the accumulation phase or stage, and we're now financially independent. Uh, that's where we all want to be. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, we're relying on, on our income from Social Security, from pensions, from our investments, and our focus is on protecting that wealth. So protecting that financial independence. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges that all retirees have is we just don't know how long we're going to live. So it could be a, 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 a long period of time between retirement and, 
and your demise, not to get depressing, but Mm -hmm. but that's a fact. True. So, you know, it it could be, you know, 15 years, could be 20 years, it could be 30, 35 years. We, We just don't know. Nevertheless, we need to prepare for a long, long term of retirement. And therefore, if we don't get there, if we don't get to that that age, that older age, we might pass away with excess wealth. Mm -hmm. And and at that point in time, we're talking about legacy. The third stage of of planning that that I see is really what we're calling financial transcendence. And in that that circumstance, we've, we've, we've gotten to that point in time where we're independent, we have enough assets, and it's very likely we're gonna transfer our excess wealth to others. Mm-hmm. And that could be family, and therefore it's a family legacy, or or it could be to our community. And and we call that a fancy name, might be social capital legacy, to charities, to our, our churches, our temples, our, the, the places that we're passionate about with, with a desire to help our community. So there's family legacy and social capital legacy. And, and so w- when we're at that financial transcendent stage, we've got a decision to make. We can do it during lifetime. We can mm-hmm. transfer assets during lifetime, or we can do it at death. When we talk about uh, legacy planning, we're talking about you typically, f- for our clients that are independent, they're financially independent, and maybe have reached the financial transcendent stage, they're talking about giving. They're talking about making significant gifts to family or to charity. And that's what I mean by legacy. Doing something to, to provide for others that goes well beyond beyond our lifetime. Okay. So if I am making a gift some, to someone, uh, my child, or, or in my case, uh, you know, I've got a couple grandkids now, and I want to give a gift to a grandchild, is that taxable? to the person receiving the gift. In other words, am I going to be setting my grandchild up to have to pay taxes? Not necessarily, no. Just like if you give them a birthday present, they're not not taxed on that that gift. And if you're giving them significant assets, they're not necessarily taxed on that that gift. So that's a simple answer. Okay. All right. Well, I, I know that if Uncle Sam had his way, he might you know, want to show up at birthday parties and start taxing gifts. Like, <laughs> it might <laughs> so, be difficult, just right? Saying, <laughs> just, just saying uh, with the attitude he's got right now. Anyway, what about the person making the gift? Is, is there any ramifications for me if I'm if I'm going to give a large gift like that? that? That's where this guy gets a little complex. So possibly if the gift is large enough, and I and I just want to briefly give some some basic tax concepts and some rules around that, not to bore okay. people, but tax planning is part of financial planning, so we need to talk about it. The basics: earned income, meaning wages, is taxable as regular income, and so is income from investments like dividends and interest. I think most of our listeners know that. And if you sell an asset that you've owned for longer than twelve months for for a gain. You, you, you've realized a long-term capital gain, and that gain is taxed at capital gains rates, which can be lower than tax rates on, on regular income. Mm-hmm. That's just the basics. For larger estates, and here I'm talking about very large estates, currently in excess of a million, I'm sorry, $11,580,000 for an individual mm-hmm. and $23,160,000 for a married couple, for estates and gifts in excess of that amount, uh, the federal government is going to tax tax the giver 
at 40%. Oh, well. For large estates, the tax could be very significant. And here, I think of this as really a transfer tax, not necessarily a tax only at death, because if you're making very, very large gifts that exceeds those limits, 11,500,000 and 23,160,000, those are also taxed to the the person giving, not to the receiver of those assets. Hmm. And then another, there's another le- level of tax, at, at least in 17 states plus the District of Columbia, they're going to also levy a transfer tax or an estate tax. For example, in Massachusetts, we have a, a tax exemption of a million dollars per person, and thereafter, estates are taxed at 0.8 percent, all the way up to point, all the way up to 16 percent. Hmm. Taxes can be part of the the conversation and and the and the planning. So, but back to gifting, the federal tax law says an individual can gift $15,000 to an individual per year. You can give to your grandchild $15,000 and your wife can give to your grandchild $15,000. Okay. And we call this the annual exclusion. Anything in excess of $15,000 is counted against your federal lifetime exemption, which is which we just described that $11,580,000. And that's so it's counted against your lifetime exemption and a tax form that discloses that gift is required. If it's a, if it's a gift of $15,000 or less, there's no tax form. If there's a gift in excess of $15,000 per person per year, calendar year, then there's a form that needs to be sent to the IRS that doesn't necessarily a tax is due. You and your wife gift gift your daughter $30,000 in a calendar year. No tax form is required. But if you give her $40,000, you'll need to file a gift tax form disclosing a $10,000 taxable gift. Mm. Now, your lifetime exemption is reduced by $10,000. There's no tax due. Or, uh, but but you, now you've, your, your, your lifetime transfer exemption amount is, is, is a little bit less. Got it. Okay. Okay. A little bit more detail than you might want, but it's an important no, I mean, th- that's conversation. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's perfect because I mean, that's, I think that that's huge in, in planning, you know, for people that can afford it. Peter, I'll be honest. I'm not in this, <laughs> not this category yet. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not too worried about it going over that $30,000 a year gift to my children or my grandchildren, but there are a lot of people out there that that are right. And, and they need to know this information. They need to know that the, they can gift on an annual basis. They just need to subtract it from that total amount and, and play by the rules because you know, you don't want to get yourself in trouble for sure. I, I think it's important to know. I also, just from a tax law perspective, we don't, we don't know what tax laws will be in the future. Mm. It's cert- they're certainly not static and they're definitely subject to change. Yeah. So under, under the current law, the lifetime exemption amount is scheduled to reduce back to the 2017 exemption of $5 million per person. And that's adjusted for inflation. And that starts in 2026. So uh. under current law, that, that lifetime exemption amount goes is reduced from almost $12 million down to almost $6 million when you consider inflation. What happens to those people that have already, you know, reached that, that mark, maybe they've given away 11 million and then it goes back to 5 million per person. Are they, is there a, 
Are they grandfathered in? I'm using air quotes there. Are they grandfathered in? Is there going to be any issue with that? Oh, you ask a great question. It, and the, the, the IRS, uh, they, they have determined that there's not going to be a, a clawback. So, okay. they, so yes, they can make the gift now. It will always be exempt. So that's good. So again, there's, there's much needed information for those people that are in this situation. There's a time limit, right? I mean, there's, there's kind of a ticking clock on on getting those gifts to somebody before it sunsets back to a much lesser amount. So that, oh, yes. that's great information. Yeah, it, but we don't know how this is going to play out. In January, you'll have a, a Democratic, a, a Democrat administration. You'll mm-hmm. have a Republican. We don't know about the the Senate yet. We don't know how things are going to play out. We don't know how things tax law is going to going to change. That's a couple of a bunch of elections away from now. It's just an unknown. Yeah, and, and I mean, we just barely scratched the surface, but I'm assuming there are a whole lot more tax planning reasons for gifting assets. Absolutely, I want to focus on that. There are taxes are really important, and and but most estates really are not exceeding this this lifetime exemption amount. Mm-hmm. For those that are, that we want to avoid that. 40% federal estate tax. I do want to just spend a little bit of time kind of giving some, some examples of how this can be important. For example, John and Sally are 70 and they have assets that exceed the lifetime exemption amount. So they're, they're very well off. Mm-hmm. In 2021, they gift a million dollars of property to their daughter, Jill. This transfer isn't currently taxable to the daughter. The parents file a gift tax return of a million dollars. And then the property increases in value over the next 20 years. And by the time John and Sally die at ages 90, the property is now worth $3 million. Mm-hmm. So the benefit of this million-dollar gift is that John and Sally have transferred actually $3 million of value to Jill without the 40% estate tax. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty powerful. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. So consider gifting for those estates that are in excess of at, at least a $6 million today, because that's what under, under current law, that's the, the limit after 2026. And I think that's, it's part of your conversation with your, estate, with your estate tax planning attorney and your financial advisor. Just another example of kind of working through the tax brackets and, and how tax planning can be, can be important Another example with John and Sally, they're in the highest marginal federal tax, income tax bracket of 37%. And their daughter, Jill, is in a lower marginal tax bracket of 24%. John and Sally gift Jill an interest in a business that pays taxable income that John and Sally don't need. Mm -hmm. And because Jill is now, is in a lower tax bracket, she pays less tax than John and Sally would if they kept the asset. Got it. Okay. So we're just kind of trading tax brackets. Yeah. For, you know, higher to lower. And from a, a family planning perspective, that can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of other strategies that, that can maximize value to values to children and grandchildren. And they're complicated but can be really incredibly beneficial. And we don't have time during this podcast to discuss those details, but they're definitely worth considering. And also possibly future podcasts, we might discuss oh, and yeah. go into those details. All right. So just another, from a tax planning perspective, um, charity, charitable giving 
is tax deductible if if someone is able to itemize. I think it's just again helpful to to talk a little bit about those tax rules because I think it's it's important. If you you can itemize your if your charitable donations plus state and local taxes plus qualified medical exp- expenses plus mortgage interest deductions exceed the standard deduction. And in 2021, the standard deduction is $12,550 for an individual and $25,100 for a family. You've got to have a significant amount of deductions to be able to exceed the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if your charitable giving doesn't pop you over the standard deduction, then you're not going to get any excess deductions for it. Yeah. So just again, just an important consideration. There are some also some income limitations that we need to be concerned about. The deduction is limited to 60% of adjusted gross income in any given year for a cash donation and 30% of adjusted gross income for assets that have long-term capital gains, meaning you've owned the asset for longer than 12 months and and it's appreciated in value. Those income limitations are are important when when determining what's deductible. The good news is you can carry forward any unused deductions for five years. And just again, just a a recent example, a couple years ago, a client donated about $600,000 of property via a conservation easement to a public land trust in, in, in actually the town that I live in. So it's much appreciated. They're semi-retired and they don't have a lot of earned income. We're going to take large chunks out of their retirement accounts because we want to pair the charitable donation with the taxable mm. distributions from the retirement account, retirement account. And they're able to actually withdraw funds at a pretty favorable marginal tax rate. All right. So that's how just we you know good planning can take advantage of of of, of uh, charitable donations. There's also just part of the discussion whenever giving is: Do you want to make an outright gift to a charity, or do you want to retain something like income from that asset, and then provide and then give the remaining share of the of the asset when you die to the charity? And if you retain income from the asset that you've given away, then you're getting a lower charitable donation. These are called charitable trusts and they're, they're really important. Peter, I'll be honest. One of my favorite things that you've said on previous podcasts is that we don't want the tax tail to wag the dog. I just, I don't know why I've always liked that kind of phrase. And I know that tax planning is a huge and important incentive for giving, but I, I don't know that everybody thinks about that first, right? They, they put the, I want to give gifts first. And then they think, oh, hey, this could probably help me with taxes. So can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, tax planning is important, but but typically I, I like to talk about objectives first. And, and mm-hmm. really, what are, you, what are you trying to achieve with, with giving? I would say that the most significant gift center around legacy to family or to community and passing on wealth and values to another generation or, or passing on wealth and values to community is really the, the priority. And, and, and what we just, what we try to do is, is, is do good, good planning around that and take advantages of, of tax laws if we can. 
Mm -hmm. So we talked about, you know, gifts to charity, to, to 501c3 organizations. And, and, and I just thought I'd mention that I've, I've, I've done previous podcasts on charitable planning. If you're, yeah. if you're looking back at the, at the uh, Rask, at Wealth is in the Details uh, podcast, go to episode nine to talk about, to, to listen to a discussion about in more detail about charitable planning. Uh, political gifts are, are also uh, sometimes part of a discussion and and we won't focus on on that today because that's a that's another that, that's got its own set of limitations mm -hmm. so our, our focus is going to be on gifts to, to family or or to individuals and and I want to just really spend time around that first thing I want to say is gifts to spouses are unlimited <laughs> so, we, so you can, My wife will you like can that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your spouse will, I'm, I'm sure, appreciate that. So the primary reason people people make gifts is to is to help someone, mm -hmm. you know, a child, a family, uh, the family, friends, even. A and in my opinion, when gifts are planned, it's a it's a much more satisfying experience. Yeah. So what we want to do is focus on the purpose. Uh, your gifting objective will will just depend upon what stage of life you're in, whether you're. You're still financially dependent upon your income, whether you've reached that stage where you're financially independent or where you're really certain that you have significant wealth and you're, you're at that financial transcendence uh, stage. Mm -hmm. And in my experience is the more confident you are in your own personal financial security, the more generous you're likely to be. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why I, we, we love taking our clients through this, this planning process. Many of them are in that financial transcendent stage because of that they're really, once they understand that and they're confident, they're, they're really willing to entertain and dream about mm -hmm. these larger gifts that, that are going to make a difference to either the next generation or, or to charities. And, and that's where, when this conversation can really become so powerful. Well, Peter, I, I think that, I think we've all had some of those conversations, right? I, I know that some, some of my friends and I have gotten together and we're just, especially when the Powerball was really, really high, right? I mean, we, th that <laughs> creates this excitement and things. And we, we talked a lot about, you know, what would we do for each other? What would we do for our families? Then we all also talked about, wait a second, what about taxes? What about this, that, and the other? And how can we creatively make sure that we can help each other out? And, you know, we're, we're going to start a, a small business and, you know, we'll, we'll make everybody a certain title and a big salary and blah, blah, blah. But the tax man cometh, right? <laughs> no matter what way you do it, they want their taxes. I, I know that you've got a lot of ideas and I know that we're going to be covering a lot of other things in, in other podcasts, but to continue this conversation, no matter how creative we think we are in our own minds, we need to seek out a professional. I guess that's what the point of what I was saying uh, <laughs> there, because we really do want to help other people, but we've got to do it smart. So walk us through a few different things. So much of that depends upon your, what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think for, especially for, for, for families, one of the first things that we talk to our clients about is just providing for uh, education. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. completely paying for for private uh, high school, private uh, colleges. You know, a lot of our our, our wealthy clients want want to provide complete access to these institutions, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah, we're often focusing them toward uh, the five twenty nine plan, and the five twenty nine plan allows for tax free accumulation of assets, uh, assuming the assets are spent for higher education. 
there's a, a unique gifting advantage of 529 plans in, in that you can make a lump sum gift equal to five years of your annual exclusion in one year. So that sorry, means- Can you say in, that again? Yeah. <laughs> you can make a lump sum gift into a 529 plan for the benefit of your, your child or grandchild that's equal to five years of your annual exclusion. And you can do that in one year. Huh. So, so that means an individual can gift $75,000 in one year, which is five times $15,000. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the annual exclusion is spread over five years. So you can lump sum, you can put, put a lump sum in. Again, all the earnings grow tax-free if used for the benefit of, 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 of education. And that can be wonderful. So back to John and Sally, they have a one-year-old granddaughter. They've got excess wealth. They, their goal is to, is to fund a 529 plan. So they gift $150,000 into a 529 plan investment. That's five years worth of a $15,000 gift per grandparent. It's, ta it's tax-free. No gift tax forms need to be filed. All the earnings are tax-free if used for, for qualified education expenses. And assuming John and Sally live longer than five years, the $150,000 isn't included in their taxable estate. Mm. So great. it's a great way to, 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 to build up significant assets into a, a really tax-advantaged environment. You know, the more we talk about John and Sally, the more I like them. Yeah, yeah, they're very generous. <laughs> very, they very love generous their family. <laughs> Do they want another grandchild? That's what I'm, I'm yeah. just curious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another conversation that we have with with uh, with our clients is just about their 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 student debts. They're they're actually their kids or grandkids' student debts. Mm -hmm. Some families, the, the children do take out student debt, even if the family has assets, or they've they've inherited assets after the, the, they've paid for, for college, after, mm -hmm. after the student has paid for college. So the students have student debt and, and, and there's a great advantage to getting those paid off. So a lot of families do wanna do that. There you still have the, the annual gift tax exclusions that you have to consider, but a lot of families do wanna pay that, uh, pay the, those debts off. So that's a, that's a conversation to have. Another reason why families make gifts to, to kids and grandkids is really just for cash flow purposes to, to help the help the child make ends meet. This is this has been a challenging uh, time for a lot of, of of young people. It's been going on for longer than just uh, uh, 2020. A lot of kids are, are struggling. A lot of a lot of young people are trying to figure it out. They need help or, or and parents want to help them. We're often setting up gifting plans where uh, a parent or a grandparent is is just making annual gifts to to help out that child. It's a it's a wonderful and nice thing to do. Uh, another conversation that we have is uh, around primary residences, helping helping a young person, again a child, a grandchild, purchase a primary residence. And in many parts of the country where our real estate is so expensive. And especially in, in, the, in the nicer communities, young people need help and families want to help them. And they want to make those large, the, those large gifts to help them with a down payment. So we're often putting that into our planning model. It might be five years out or 10 years out for those families that really do want to help their children purchase that residence 
that's often done. And that might be a gift that's well beyond the annual exclusion gift. Many families are just fine, you know, filing a gift tax return and just uh, that that just reduces the lifetime exemption amount. That seems fine for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Well, those are both, both those items right there are incredibly timely. I mean, the, the education expenses, you hear that in the media all the time, right? The cost of college, how much it's grown since 2000, since the year 2000, and even before that, but it, the comparisons are just staggering with, with college debt and then home ownership. That's another huge thing. That's been very, very difficult for younger people. So I think those are the, both of those are just fantastic ways to, to help somebody out. Oh, they are. It, it really, it, it also, you're passing on values, you know, mm-hmm. home ownership, I think speaks to a lot of, a, a lot of values, yeah. you know, uh, family and stability and responsibility. So these are a lot of, a lot of really important and good things for, 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 for families to, to incentivize really their their children. Another conversation that we have with, with our, with our clients is, is helping those that want to help their kids and grandkids with retirement planning. It it helps and it incentivizes them. You want to help them do the right thing. So for example, making a gift to a, a, a child or a grandchild so that they're able to contribute to their 401k plan so they can take advantage of, of a match. Helping them fund a Roth IRA is really a great vehicle and a great tool to help help them. Matter of fact, I've got an, uh, another podcast ep- a podcast episode twenty two about Roth IRAs, mm-hmm. and I recommend that people listen to that. And especially for those gifting to those young people that have, of frankly, low income, it can be really beneficial. Someone who's earning less than twenty thousand dollars, for example, might qualify for a tax savers credit up to a thousand dollars. Because a, a parent or grandparent has made a gift to an individual retirement account or a four hundred one k plan, so the, the, that can be just these things are really beneficial. And the same with with a grandchild, Roth accounts uh, are just super pl- uh, gifting strategies. So we do recommend those kinds of tools. So what what my, this is the reason for this conversation is really to expand your thinking relative to gifting, mm-hmm. trying to help not just give them cash flow, the child or grandchild cash flow to make, to, to allow them to live in that nicer apartment, which is also very important, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but to help them long-term to really make a difference in their life. And that's where we get into education, retirement planning, mm-hmm. uh, these larger gifts that are going to really provide significant uh, benefits long-term. Another thing just to have a conversation with is, um, do you, do you make these gifts outright or are there strings attached? Mm. So, so, you know, if you've got a, a child or a grandchild that may have be going through some difficult times, may be working through a, a divorce, may have some medical issues, you, you may not want assets to go out right to them. And mm-hmm. so you may want a gift to them via a trust. And again, just we we did a a, a podcast uh, on yes. trust planning that, was, that was podcast number 28 so we've talked about these issues in the past and i think you know you want to motivate certain behaviors in 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 our children and grandchildren passing on passing on values so and you i want would to protect recommend them. you want to protect them exactly yeah. 
And then, then one of the great gifting strategies and assets is life insurance. A lot of people don't think about that, but but especially for a family that 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 is concerned and wants to provide for again children and grandchildren, make it long term. Life insurance is a great asset to gift. It's estate. It can be estate tax free. It's income tax free to the beneficiary. It, it becomes worth. It becomes worth a, a lot of money it, it, when someone dies, obviously, but it's a great tool to, to work into your gifting scheme. So those are some of the, the, the conversations that, that we think are, are important to have with clients yeah. around gifting. Peter, I know that we barely even touched the surface here. We barely scratched the surface on this entire topic. How does somebody start making a decision relative to gifting? Well, in my opinion, the first place to start is really that that comprehensive plan to understand uh, to what extent you have the capacity to give, determine what stage of life you're in, mm-hmm. to really discuss these these non-financial goals. You know, what what are the objectives for the, for the family, for the legacy, for for community? What are you, what are you really trying to achieve? The plan is the starting place because that that allows you to make decisions going mm-hmm. forward. Like I, I, I told you earlier that my friends and I got together, we talk about this, you know, when Powerball's high and all that, and just kind of well, dreaming, you know, in the clouds kind of stuff. But I know my first step would be to contact a professional and it would be somebody I trust. So those that are listening, if they're saying, you know what, I'd love to talk to Peter about that. How do they get a hold of you? Well, I, I will say this, Eric. First thing you need to do is buy that Powerball ticket. <laughs> That's always my first step, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, buy it you'll you'll never win this is true uh, yeah <laughs> your chances of winning are very small as you know oh yeah <laughs> but the the way we uh the, we start is is just reach out to your financial professional and certainly reach out to us i, I think a good place to start is our our website at raskinplanning.com and uh, our contact information is there. We've got some white papers you can you can look at that describe the the planning process. We're happy to happy to help or answer any questions. So please reach out. Fantastic, Peter. Again, it's always a pleasure. Merry Christmas, my friend. Happy holidays. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for your time and all the great information you gave out today. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate your 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 friendship. It's yeah, been a, thank you. it's been wonderful knowing you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same. And to our listeners, we appreciate you so much as well. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.
Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors, securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor, insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.